This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I got something to say to Scott that I meant to say right off the top, which is, uh, Scott, happy National Popcorn Day. Oh, Aww. yes. I saw that today. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that was, yeah, big, that big was important. I put it in my notes just because I couldn't not. Uh, I had to get that in at some point. So, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to bring it up and uh you know try to make myself sound like patrice bergeron uh playing through a puck to the face which we didn't touch on but uh anyways i you know i'm kind of like just as tough because I've, i haven't potting through a uh popcorn belly ache tonight so you know yeah well you can't popcorn and pod so everybody everybody knows that uh but no, we should probably touch on the Bergeron thing real quick, just how insane he is because every single one of his teammates, by the way, his nose, it was already effed up, but it is just so much worse. He's got a stitch under it. He's got a bruise where you can tell the side of the puck. Like it's like almost shaped like the round of a puck yeah. on his cheek. And it looks like in is- home alone where he gets hit by the ironing, the <laughs> iron, when you just have that outlined on your face. I mean, like I feel like he's at the point now where like, the next puck to the face will probably straighten his nose out because he <laughs> can't get broken anymore. I think he's. I think he needs a new nose. Honestly, like if anyone, if anyone needed a new one, it's it's probably him at this point. Uh, through no fault of his own, it just keeps getting hit. Um, and the only reason we bring it up is the just give him credit, I guess, because he's played through every possible injury, and even after the game today. Someone asked him, you know, why did you decide to play? When did you decide to play? He said, I told medical if they didn't want me to play, they should say so because they can't leave it up to me because no matter what, I'm going to play. I'm always going to push to play. So unless they hold me out, I'm going to play. So it's kind of one of those things where you, in other sports, that doesn't happen, by the way. Um, With other guys, it doesn't happen. He's just kind of one of those uh, over-the-top, teammates that wants to be involved in every situation sets a good example for other people not saying you should play through injuries but it and Marshawn said it too after the Islanders game it made me want to run through a wall so that it is a way to motivate your team just show that you want to be there all the time 
Yeah. And, you know, it's funny you bring up the, uh, like, well, if they left up to me, I'm playing type thing because Montgomery's, he's tied a couple times now, but like the possibility of some sort of load management, like down the stretch and, you know, potent, like potentially resting guys on and off, um, or at least, you know, for a game here and there. And it's like, yeah, that's going to be fun because you know, who's not going to want to rest for a game at any point, the rest of the season is literally anyone on this team. Like none of them are going to really, none of them are going to be cool with that. So, um, you know, I think like they'll all accept it if Montgomery does ultimately go that route, but then the other part of that, and that I should have mentioned when we're talking about call-ups is this team also has no cap space right now. So and they're not accruing any because they're still using long-term IR until DeBrus comes back. So, you know, you can't even like call up an extra body. Um, so you, you, you could only rest like one guy at a time because you'll have your 13th forward or your seventh defenseman on the roster. But um, yeah, unless they can free up some money before the trade deadline in terms of cap space, like, they're not going to be able to be calling guys up, you know, every couple of games just to uh, get them a game, rest someone type thing. Yeah, he's a warrior guy. Guys, oh, there was never a doubt. I, the only my only concern when I saw that happen was I thought it, at first I thought it was a stick from Kyle Clutterbuck. So I or um no, uh, Sezikis, Casey Sezikis. So I thought. Maybe the way Bergeron reacted, like it was not, it was an eye injury, and, that, and that's when it gets real scary. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Like I couldn't tell, you couldn't tell exactly what he was covering with his glove, but I was like, I, I thought, I thought, I did think it was the puck. Like I, I thought it was the shot, but I was like, oh god, did like, did the puck somehow get up under his visor? Um, yeah. Fortunately, you know, it looks like got him just below that. And I think if you ask any player, they would rather get hit with a stick in the face than a puck in the face. Like they, and it weirdly took like a redirect off someone's leg or I think like maybe stick came up higher, like deflected up towards his face. And even, even with that deflection, it didn't really slow down all that much. So he got hit with the brunt of it, but I think now's a good time to switch over to um, a little bit of Pasternak stuff, just because we had um, Rich Keefe come out with an updated report that kind of built off his last one about where negotiations stand. Um, And unless you guys have anything else to say, I'll just kind of like recap some of the stuff that we talked about on the rich keep show the other day, and then get you guys to weigh in on it. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. So when, and I talked to Keith before the show, he gave me a little bit more information than I could really say. Um, But like to go over what he went on the record to say on his show, um, there's a little bit of new, new information about what the Bruins original offer was. Um, So Keith source told him that the Bruins original offer was 9 million a year to start the season. Um, And that wasn't really close to what Pasternak was looking for. And then it was Pasternak side and JP Barry, his agent, who proposed the eight-year, $88 million contract. And the reason why Keith originally reported that the deal was done was because Pasternak side offered that and the Bruins side and Sweeney accepted it. So originally it looks like that's a deal that's, you know, everybody's agreed to the, those terms. 
And then where things got off of that, where it seemed like this was imminent and, and that's why Keith tweeted out the report. Um, what changed was according to the source that Keith talked to, um, Pasternak side, most likely his agent. I really don't think Pasternak himself would do this. Um, upped the price to north of $11 million a year, looking at like 11.25 or 11.5 instead of the agreed upon like eight years, uh, 11 million for 88 million total. Um, so there was, according to this, uh, a change after the original agreement to try to get more money. And I don't think that's something Pasternak would do. It seems like a a move by an agent that wants to get a higher commission. Um, And that was the sense that Keith got as well. But I want to get your opinion on that. And also um, just, you know, it, it seems like at the very least we can tell, like we can, extrapolate that he wants to be here and they were so close that like the intention has been to sign um where that was something that was a variable we didn't necessarily know the answer to um now we can see that it was attempted if this is um this reporting is you know the source is correct that he's right there and wanting to be here so stop scott before you before you go can you expound upon bridget's um numbers with keith in addition to that, didn't wasn't there an Elliot Friedman report something about ten seven five two? I think or... that was I think that was Drager. Yeah, so I was just going to mention that. Like, so my opinion on this is I am taking everyone's numbers with a grain of salt or a lot of salt at this point because they're just too all over the place. And like, Keith's numbers make sense. Like that's been my guess for where it ends up is eight by eleven a year. Um, but then you have Drager saying. He thinks the number is going to be 10.75. You know, I had that, I had heard somewhere just kind of like whispers that, uh, you know, someone had said they thought the Bruins are offered over 11 million a year, which like we haven't heard anywhere else. So like, it's, I don't know. I think the Bruins will accept over 11 million a year. I think they will, if the, if the current offer is 11.25, or 11.5 I think they still accept that yeah like I said I, like I'm just not even I'm not even gonna try to guess because I, I think I just think too many people are in different wavelengths here and throwing out different numbers that you know I don't know which one is is true or if any of them are if this they may very well just still be negotiating I, I think the one thing to me that does seem kind of clear and in it you know m- maybe Rich is right like I've said it from the start. I don't think Rich just makes stuff up. I think he does have a pretty good source and, and, you know, probably trust that source, but we have heard on the record that there's been progress in the last couple of weeks. And his agent has said that you had Elliot Friedman say that. So that's like the one thing that I actually feel confident about is that there's been progress and the two sides have gotten closer now. Well, yeah, I think about it. There was also some sort of last minute change that keeps suggesting where one, you know, Pasnak side tried to up it. I don't know, but it definitely seems like they've gotten, they're closer now than they were a month ago. That seems fair to say. So yeah, I guess my overarching takeaway is that 
that at least is encouraging. And as far as all the numbers that are getting thrown around, um, I don't want to say I'm ignoring them. I'm not doing that, but I'm just taking all of it with, with a lot of salt. Well, and, and if you, if you think about it, like, yeah, they have gotten closer. If the original number was nine, if they're originally $2 million apart, say, and now they're only 0.5 or 0.25 apart. So, you know, that is progress. That is closer to a deal. If, if he signs for 10, seven, five, I would be absolutely blown away because uh, that, because I just don't see a world where he doesn't sign for at least 11. I don't see it. Well, let me, let me clarify. He's worth minimum 11 based off of the production that he does in this league and comparables around the league. Um, what does our Timmy Panarin make, Scott? 11-6? Um, 11-5? Yeah. I would have to look it up. But I yeah, mean, that sounds right. Pasternak is, and this is not me being biased, he's a better he's a better scorer than our Timmy Panarin. Um, I mean, he has like 20-something more points than him this year. And I'm sure that their points before this year were pretty comparable. So if he were to sign for almost a million less than what Panarin's making on his current deal, then that would be the biggest favor in the world to the Boston Bruins. Now, is David Pasternak such a, such a good person where he understands that um, the Bruins' ability to remain competitive long-term is for him to take a bit of a discount, that he'll take that much of a discount? Yeah, maybe he is that good of a person because he also realizes that in addition to the money – that he values comp, uh, competitiveness, then that'll help the team mm-hmm. competitive. Then, then that's great. But I just think if you're out there, if if I still think like even if they sign him for like eleven, I still think that's a bit of a discount. But I don't know. I guess like Scott said, like it's kind of s- senseless because there's being thrown around. But uh, the well, good news, like you guys said, is that progress is being made progress. Yeah. If you're Canadian, but, uh, to, to the point about, um, you know, taking a discount to be competitive, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if that is something that's being considered, um, because you think about why this team is doing so good this year. And it's because they've got guys on here for a discount that you would have to pay, you know, millions more somewhere else. Um, and he wants to win. He doesn't want to play for a team where he's the only good player or, you know, they have half a team that's decent and they're missing depth um, because of the fact that he's on this contract. However, he is easily worth the 11. The Bruins would be dumb to not agree to 11.25 or 11.5 because he's worth it. Um, obviously they have to go back and look at the numbers. If you're going to change the numbers, you know, after you think you have something agreed upon, uh, you do have to look at what that does for the cap, what, what that, that does change what you can do. Um, even if it's just a little bit, you got to look at it. So, um, it, it's interesting to think because if, if, if it's true and originally he wanted 11 million, the fact that an extra bit at the end is being tacked on feels like it's not coming from Pasternak. Cause I would think he would under, like he would want to take what he thinks he deserves, but not more because he would want to be competitive. 
that's just how hockey players are. It's not how basketball is. It's not how other sports are, but especially it's kind of part of the Bruins culture to, to do that. So I wouldn't be surprised if there is a little bit of disconnect maybe with what Pasternak wants and what the agent's pushing for. And, and just maybe a little bit of that. We're not, we're not hundred percent sure. And we'll, it will always be pushed back by JP Barry, whatever, you know, whatever report comes out that would say or suggest anything like that. So uh, he, he pushed back on Keith's original report and yeah. then, but then a few weeks later confirmed that they were closer. So who knows agents, you also have to take what agents say uh, lightly or, and not read into, or not take them like a hundred percent seriously. Cause they're at the end of the day, they're still working on getting them the money. So. Yeah. I don't, I don't think the question is whether or not pass will take a discount. I think he will. I just think the question is how much, right? Like I said, I think, I think if you're looking at his value, pass is worth, I mean, you could argue he was worth 12, right? So uh, if you were to take 11, that's a discount, right? 1075 is will be uh best case scenario for the Bruins. Um, but uh, so he is an all-star. Uh, we knew that already, but technically he uh, wasn't named to the all-star because Lena Solmark was the Bruins representative. Each team has to have one and there's no denying all marks an all-star this year, but Pasternak did get in um, along with Austin Matthews and Andre Vasilevsky as Atlantic division fan vote-ins. Um, you guys looking forward to seeing pasta in those beautiful 2023 all-star jerseys, bit of a throwback. Yeah. And like, you know, it, it, I feel like the all-star game at this point in the skills competition for me, it's like, if I'm around, I'll watch it. I'm not going out of my way to watch it. Um, you know, it's, I don't know. It to me, it just feels like being named an all-star doesn't really mean a, a heck of a whole lot anymore just because i think they've they've watered it down like needing to have one player from each team is really silly uh you know like you end up with nick suzuki going because montreal has to have someone and meanwhile like uh stamp ghost isn't there and rasmus stalin isn't there and hampus lindholm's not there yeah bergeron's not there like it's just like okay that there's four guys from the division who are very clearly better players than Nick Suzuki. I also feel like Danny Chell has just decided that defense isn't a spot, isn't a position that deserves to go to the all-star game. The, <laughs> the Atlantic division does not have a single defenseman on it. Nine forwards to two goalies. Like, I don't know. It's all, it's just weird. I, so it's like, I dislike the format that they've gone to. Like I used to watch it. And, and actually be super interested in it back when you got to see like Crosby and Ovechkin play together. And like, it was actually five on five hockey and there was, you know, it wasn't three on three and there was, it just felt more like what it was in my mind supposed to be like, which is you get a super team from, you know, from each conference, you put it together and you put who's best in there, not, you know, participation trophy for some of the teams that don't have anyone that's worth sending. So that's what it's supposed to be. It's not what it is. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, a lo- I think all the major sports have a tough time um, garnering interest in their all-star games, but if it look, if the idea is to sell, you know, all-star jerseys and sell tickets and, and then let the, let the players go off for a few weeks. That That's fine. If your goal is to make the game matter 
and have all the best players there, then in my opinion, what they should do to fix it is unlimited all-stars per team. And you get rid of the, um, this little three on three thing they have go back to a five on five game East versus West. But the caveat is that the winning team gets home ice advantage in the Stanley cup finals. So a little page no. out of MLB's book. But <laughs> that, I don't think that will it. ever happen well, because on, it's on. too important. And if you got like, you could have a goalie just like be like, I'm just trying to rest or some shit. And just like, you know, I mean, here, here's my thing is I don't even hate like the switch to three on three or whatever, trying to make it more entertaining because I do. Uh, it's not really like you, Bridget. I don't have fond memories of the five on five all-star game. I thought that's it's not a three on three hockey is not real hockey. So what Neither are we was watching? Five on five all-star game. There was no defense. Whoa, whoa, you got, whoa, whoa, you got whoa. like 11 to nine games. No, Hold Scott, you just said there's no even defensemen in the three on three. So who's playing less defense? Which one? I didn't know we were going to have a fight over the all-star game. I'm, I'm saying it sucks no matter what. It has sucked my entire life. All right. Order, 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 order in the court, order in Sorry, the court. Wait, I'm guessing Brian was just intending for this to be a passion segment. <laughs> order in the court. I kind of was actually. Uh, by the <laughs> way, Scott, the 1996 all-star game was phenomenal. If you go back on YouTube and watch watch that game and watch the the representatives on the blue line when they call out the players and then the way Bork won that game was pretty sick. But also, I actually I'm not saying that they should make it home home ice advantage on the line. I'm only saying like they actually care about making the game matter. Then that's you have to do something like that. Obviously, I don't want home ice advantage coming down to an all star game. But Major League Baseball had no issue doing that, which I always found interesting. But yeah, uh, I don't, I don't they, know if they still they, do that. Even they eventually got rid of it because they realized that was a joke too. Yeah. Um, okay, guys, I think I'm out of gas. I'm overheating in, in the room that I'm currently in. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> what I'm happened? We're I'm not in the bullets. same place, but all of a sudden I'm, we're all like... I'm sweating bullets right now. I feel like I'm in hell somewhere in the Dante's Inferno or something. But uh, <laughs> you guys have anything else to go over here? That's that's what happens when you, we just start unexpectedly launching an all-star game hot takes. Yeah, just got <laughs> heated real quick there. I mean... It, 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 I will say, whether you like the All-Star games or not, they are most certainly at an all-time low right now. You got one guy per team, and it's three-on-three format. Nobody cares. To Scott, to your point, nobody cares. Like, it used to be cool with the, you know, when Ray Bork did the the four-for-four, four, it made it, it was special. When Char used to go, like, 108 miles an hour, 111, it was special. Now, these guys, it's, they're all wearing capes, and they're wearing disguises on breakaways. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, I'm all set. I'm all set. You know, but anyway, except for the jerseys, um, you like the jerseys, the jer- right? no, those, those are great. Those are great. I do like them. Um, They're like the, the neon. The col- yeah. The colors may be a little vibrant for some people, but I think, I think they're pretty cool. It's kind of a nineties throwback. Um, I- I'm trying to pull up their, uh, okay. So the Bruins are off till Sunday. They got the sharks on Sunday. So some days off here after the back to back. Um, I imagine that we'll either talk after that game or maybe Monday morning, or I think they play the Canadians for the first time in 10 years too next week. So <laughs> yeah. maybe we'll talk after that game instead. Oh but, yeah. Scott and I aren't making the trip. No, it's a little too cool this time of year to, to head up to watch a game against the Montreal Canadiens team. That's not going to be, well, I mean, I guess we could be surprised, but like theoretically it's not a, the caliber game that you want to travel all the way to Montreal for. So, um, 
maybe next year we'll get them right scott maybe if they play in uh april or actually they are playing in, in april against it but it's the last game of the season and as we know usually nobody plays that game so neither yeah. of them made sense for us to travel there this year which is a bummer because i love going to montreal and i did want to get to cover a game at the bell center but next year bridget scott it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you too the last hour plus but I think it's time to hit the road, Jack. So thank you all for listening. Enjoy your weekend, and we will talk to you soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.